Welcome to Scanner School. Today we are talking with Joseph Darnell, who lived down in the Washington, D.C. area. And he has quite a bit of experience on what you need to know in order to properly scan all of the police, the fire, or what you can scan as far as police and fire, and all of the other federal and abbreviated agencies that operate down in D.C. Now, Joe's got some tips and tricks for you as far as moving around with a scanner through D.C., what you need to be on the lookout for, and also how to make sure that you can, you know, keep yourself out of a little bit of trouble. So let's go ahead and jump over that conversation that Joe and I recorded earlier, and I hope you enjoy it. Joe, welcome to Scanner School. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us for today. Oh, thanks for having me, Phil. So, no, I want to I thank you because this is your idea, right? For this podcast episode, you reached out to me and scheduled this podcast. And uh, like we were saying before we kind of hit the record button here, I think this is a, a great idea and it's something that I'd like to keep going. So if people are listening to this podcast episode and we'll start spinning about what they can do with what we talk about, I would love to hear from them. So I want to thank you again for having this idea, bringing it forward, stepping up and uh, doing a little bit of research so we can we can talk about this today. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of had the idea because I live in near DC and working in DC. You, you get to know what's what's out there. And mm-hmm. it, it really takes a while to to figure out your your what you want, what you want to scan, what you should have locked out, what you just don't even want to have programmed because there's so much in DC. I mean, it's the seat of the, the federal government. It's it's its own big city. You got jurisdictions all around and multi-agency, multi-jurisdictional systems. So it's which ones of those do you program into your scanner? Which conventional uh, repeaters do you program into your scanner? Um, and, you know, if you're just using like, where this stepped off was I was running the GPS and figuring that GPS out in the SDS 200. Mm-hmm. And I got down close to DC and the GPS started loading in all those systems and all those sites for DC systems. It was just too much to really be useful. So that's kind of where the idea sparked scanning, figuring out how to scan DC because I'd done a lot of this programming manually, but I really enjoyed that GPS and the SDS 200 for driving out in Western Maryland and other parts that weren't so heavily populated, I guess. And you, you know, cross one county border, so it dropped the previous county, bring up the next county. Yeah, but DC, it's all compact. It's all right there. You get you get close to DC, and it loads up full multiple trunk systems and lots of conventional frequencies. And you have to, you need to know what to turn off, really. So before we go into that, let's take a backtrack a little bit and let's talk about your history with scanning a little bit or, you know, what it is you do. So let's talk about how you got started. Just really quickly introduce yourself, how you got started in the scanning and, and kind of what makes you tick when it comes to some of these radios. Well, it kind of goes back to when I was a kid, I had a, a transistor radio and one night, late at night, and I lived near Baltimore at the time. And I was pulling in a radio station, an AM radio station from New York City. And that is what created the magic of radio from me. 
I think it was a 66, 660 AM. 660 AM, the fan. It, yeah, it was a, it was yep. a, it was a, it was a, one of the big stations that's, that's really, really powerful at night. And I heard it way down there and that kind of started the magic. And then I got something with shortwave in it and I was doing a little bit of that. And then as, as a teenager, one of my friends had this little four channel VHF scanner. And I can't remember the model number, but it had a knob for each frequency. And you kind of had to tune the knob to get it right. And then it would scan across those four channels. Okay. Um, you know, and it had four knobs. So you set one, you set the other. And, and that could get our local fire department, our county fire department dispatch. And at, when we first started, they had a couple of their their your response channels simulcast on their old VHF frequencies, but they were phasing that out right as I started getting into it. Got into 800 megahertz and right. chunking and all that was a, a little out of my my teenager budget at the time. And around that same time, I got into amateur radio, and so I got my ham license uh, in '93 in high school. I got it even before I got my driver's license. Radio has always interested me, and 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 with scanning and even with with ham radio, at least back in those days with ham radio knowing things kind of before before the six o'clock news, knowing where the, the the traffic issue was on one of the local interstates there around Baltimore before the, the track traffic report came on. Because someone back in the 90s, people had, there were a lot more hams on, on mobile two meters and there was an accident. They would get in, mm-hmm. called in, say, this road's all backed up. Kind of like CB would have been in the time, but you know, CB in the towns was uh, quite a mess in the, the 80s and 90s. There were just too many, too many people trying to use it, and and right. yeah, a lot of congestion there. So it's, knowing it's things before yeah. they happened or before it got curated and put into some newscast was always always fascinating me as well. So and of course that translated very well to the scanner radio hobby. It does, and and just to hear where you just started from with this conversation, whereas you got too many trunk systems and too many frequencies and, and the scanners overloaded to when you first started back in the, in the early to mid nineties, four channels. Four I channels. mean, you, you don't think about it, but I I started around the same time you did. I got my ham license. I don't know if it was 92 and 94, but again, I was in high school and before I could drive, right. I got my, my amateur license and the same deal. You start with a couple of radios or, or I'm sorry, a couple yeah, frequencies that you could scan my first scanner was a six-channel hand-me-down fan and slim scan for my dad that ran off of crystals. And then, of course, you graduate into the 200-channel scanner, and that's more than enough for what you need. But by today's standards, not, not, not anywhere close. Let's, let's go back to where we were originally, and let's talk about your, your quest to do GPS scanning with, with your handle. I mean, obviously, that's part of having the SDS 100 to 200, right, is the ability to to use the GPS, to have things turn off and on for you, to have a little bit of smarts in the radio, but you can't always rely on the hardware making all the decisions for you, right? Which is, again, you still have to have a knowledge of what's going on around you with the, with the hobby. Yeah, I mean, it, the, and it's not that the GPS still isn't very helpful. You just need to know, mm-hmm. you, you need to tell it what to turn on and what to turn off in a different, different places. And even if you don't have a GPS, you just can't say plug in the zip code 20004 in your, in your scanner. That's one of the downtown government sectors, DC zip codes. You can't just plug that into your scanner and, and expect to, to have a good experience. And then the radio reference too, I mean, that's where all the data comes from for that, but it can be your best friend when it comes to, to scanning anywhere, but it can also be a, a, a bit of a hindrance without some on the ground knowledge of 
because radio reference it doesn't have it all when it comes to dc but it has it has a lot and a lot that's in there but you still aren't going to be able to listen to now, for the obvious reasons that's a that's a hot topic of course <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because nearly all the law enforcement in washington dc city limits is encrypted i'm sure that's not a surprise to most people i mean and since the Washington, D.C. city radio system, it's P25 phase two simulcast. I think most of the talk groups are still phase one, but not. It's the SDS 100 is kind of like going to be your best best scanner to bring to, to D.C. It's not like, yeah, again, we've all made the other scanners kind of work in simulcast environments. But if, if you have the option, the SDS 100 is, is the one to bring. And again, there are still, even though it's encrypted, like we always say, there's still plenty of fire and EMS activity, other types of activity to, to listen to. And even there is one, one of the unencrypted police channels is the police department, the citywide talk group. Even that can get a little busy. And that can be kind of like a clue that something major is going on when they start calling out detectives and whatnot on on the open frequency to, to, to get them to come in. Cause that kind of the way that talk is supposed to work is it opens up a lot of radios kind of regardless of where they're set to at the time. Okay. Um, not sure why that's unencrypted. It, it is. And it can, it can, it, now you're not going to get the whole story, but it can, it can clue you in that, Hey, something's going on. Right. And sometimes that's better than nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so let's, let's break it down. So you, you, you want to go and you want to go to DC and you want to scan Either you're going for the family trip to go see the monuments or whatever else. So you're living downtown or you're, you're traveling through, take me through like your process when you were heading that way and, and how you set everything up and what it was you were able to listen to. And we'll, so, we'll... I know a couple of the systems, um, just again, I worked in DC for quite a while. So I had, had time to, 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 to think about all these. And, and then of course I didn't, I haven't really worked in town for two and a half years uh, for that other reason. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was worried that my knowledge was getting a little stale. So I, I took a, a day trip down to DC and just, just scanned and to, to make sure that what I remember was still pretty much valid. So we talk about the, 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 in DC, United States federal government, First of all, even though you'll see the systems and you'll see the frequencies in radio reference, fortunately, they're all very capital E for like the Secret Service and the Capitol Police. And, and even the U.S. Park Police went encrypted a couple years ago. You can still listen to the, like the Park Service operations on very nice uh, P25 conventional repeaters. Okay. Um, very powerful. You can hear them in the entire region but the park police is encrypted and that, that cut off a valuable source of traffic information because there's a lot of parkways that they uh, that they patrol so uh, we talked about the the washington dc city radio system and there's another one that's that's pretty prevalent in the area called the joint national capital region system jncr that's a department of defense system there are, there are a lot of sites on that system so you got to kind of narrow it into the, just the ones that are close to DC, like the Pentagon site. And, you know, you can kind of open up the, the list of sites and then open up the, the map and, and see, okay, this one is the Navy Yard and this one's the Pentagon. And that's all right down there in DC. It's phase one systems with, and all the sites are single transmitters. So no simulcast okay. on, on that system. So it's, that's a really good one for, it makes it more accessible for, for other scanners, as long as they can get down to the 380s. 380 megahertz those those military frequencies most of them can do that these days but some of the really older ones though they they can't do that yeah that's a that's a good point right there right you have to phase one p25 system but you've got to make sure you can get down to the federal band because like you said it's a a federal trunk system in the 400s so 
Right. Yeah. It's, I'm looking at it right now as you're, as you're, as, as you're telling me these things I'm going through in radio reference to see what it is you're talking about. And yeah, I mean, I see 380, 381, 385, 389, everything is, is just in that federal band. So, but you're right too, right? There's, there's sites in Virginia, Maryland, no surprise, right? Virginia, New York City, Missouri, Illinois, DC, obviously. And then where else? Louisiana. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. so you, you, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're, you're, you're putting in the sites that are going to work for you there. And right. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to put not, all these extra sites in there because a lot it's of times be... scanning into nothing because the more yep. it's scanning a frequency that's not around, the less you're going to hear. Right. Um, exactly. Yep. So one thing about that, that, that joint national capital region system is they uh, simulcast, not that simulcast, the other simulcast, <laughs> several area police and fire talk groups as, as well. So it can be a kind of a way to, to, to hear what's, what's going on. Not that there's no encryption on that system. Most of the operations at the Pentagon are, are encrypted. There's quite a few encrypted talk groups. The ones that you'll hear in DC, if you have the, uh, the Whistler TRX, you'll hear that, 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 that old telephone busy signal. Right. They'll use that. I know the first time I heard that, I'm like, who's got a, who's got a phone <laughs> off the hook? Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's the sound that the whistler will make when it hits an encrypted uh, talk group. That's, that's active. But most of those will come out of the Pentagon force protection. They, mm-hmm. they don't let that out. So there are several other systems. I mean, they might sound like really juicy that you want, you want these in your radio, but they're really pretty quiet most of the time. And, and then when there is activity, it's usually encrypted. So like there's a couple couple more from the United States Defar- Department of Defense. And I think they're just labeled United States Department of Defense with some kind of hex code after them in the radio reference. There's a couple from the FBI or Department of Justice, Justice Integrated Wireless Network. There's another one. I think it's just called the Integrated Wireless Network. Very, right. Very, these, these are all the trunk systems, right? Yeah, that you're referring yeah, to. Trunk systems. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. But again, they're, they're they're pretty quiet most of the time, and when you do hear things, it's 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 usually encrypted. So, right. um, and you don't want those in your in your scanner, you know, scanning away when even when it stops on something. It, if it stops on something, it's not even going to be something that you can listen to. Right, and the reason for that, right, because like you just said, every time it it stops on something in a control channel, it's going to yeah. sit there and scan and look for a talk group. And I'm just looking right here; it's just. Just in Washington, D.C., right? The little tiny little, that little tiny little piece of land that's Washington, D.C. 39 trunk systems oh, defined yeah. in radio reference. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it's, quite a, it's quite a few, but narrowing it down pretty much, I would leave it on the Washington, D.C. city system and that joint national capital system mm-hmm. and then put some uh, some of the federal some of the various conventional things there in my uh, in my scanner as well. Because D.C. is so small, a lot can be done on conventional frequencies that's that wouldn't work for a normal county or or even a bigger city. Right. Um, the D.C. is originally it was 10 miles square. So it was 10 miles on one border, 10 miles on another border and then square that up. And then they cut the Virginia side off way back when, <laughs> before the Civil War or something like that. And that became a couple of counties over in Virginia instead of being part of D.C. So D.C. ends uh, on the, the far side of the, of the Potomac River. Okay. A little bit of a history lesson in there, too. So yeah. so you went down and you were saying you were having problems with the GPS. So let's explain what it is you set out to do there. And and I mean, I think we're, we're getting to the point that we have a lot of stuff in here. The GPS yeah. is just like... Let's just turn everything on. And that was that was really the issue. So if you have the various service types, um, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that you think you're going to want to listen to, like the federal and you know 
police or law enforcement dispatch, law enforcement talk around. Those are the things that if you're, you're setting it up, you think you're going to want to hear, but again, it's going to load so, you know, it's going to load so many of those systems into your, into your scanner that you're not going to, it's, it's going to spend more time scanning nothing than it is going to be stopping on the things that you want to listen to. And that, that was, that was really what, what I've noticed. And I mean, it, it, all those systems, I said, eh, there's not a whole lot going on here. You probably don't want to scan those yet. When I first uh, hit the DC limits uh, nearby with my PS200 on a, on GPS, it loaded all that in there. And it, it's, it's great that, uh, that it's, that it's all out there and it's documented and it's capable. And, and I forget which one is one of the department of justice systems. It has some interoperability stuff on there that can get, can, you can get some in the clear conversations when there's major events happen, but you most of the time you don't want to be down in DC when there's major events happening. <laughs> you want to be getting out of there. Right, um, right. So it's 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 not that you don't necessarily want it. Yeah, you don't want maybe want you might want to have a scan list that that would cover that, but definitely leave it off most of the time. So there's but there's more than just the trunking systems. I mean, a lot of the trunking systems are are education and businesses and you know organizations there within DC. A lot of DMR as mm-hmm. well. So that's where your, your Whistler scanner can come in really handy. Or if you have the DMR upgrades for your, your unit. Right. And, um, and I'm looking which, at that which too, I don't, right? because I have the Whistler, I'm like, I need to hear DMR. I'll, I'll use the Whistler. And yeah, so I, I, I didn't take that, that upgrade route. And a lot of that looks like for DMR, right? I don't know if you said it or not, but it's a lot of the businesses. So you got, and the schools, right? So okay. Washington the University, schools. Georgetown University. Audi Field, World Bank, Capital Complex, Capital One Arena, even the correctional treatment facility, all DMR. I mean, the, the hotels. I mean, obviously, you would, you would expect a lot of that's, that's those kinds of things. Those businesses all fall into DMR. So uh, even looking though here too, you got some LTR. You still got some old some Motorola Type 2. You got an NXDN, ICOM, IDAS Type D system. And then, of course, Capital PD, Integrated Wireless, Joint National Capital PD, Department of Defense, District of Columbia, the the Justice Integrated Wireless Network you're talking about, all those obvious things are going to be P25 because they are government backed in one way or another. So definitely enough to listen to. But uh, so let's break it down from, and we, we, we talked about the lay of the land, right? The lay of, you got some conventional in here. You've got some encryption in here. You've got a lot of federal stuff going on here. Let's, so let's, let's start going down through the different things. If, if, if somebody's coming in and they want to hear public safety, are we telling them right now that don't bother trying to listen to police? Or are we telling them that, I mean, police down there are encrypted, right? Is this, except that one talk group that you're going to hear yeah. when they're going to try and bring more people in. But for the most part, we shouldn't even think about police when we go down to the DC yeah, area, right? In the DC city limits, yeah, that's that's not going to be a thing that you're going to be able to listen to. Okay, it, it's unfortunate because those dispatches can really help you get around things and and, and avoid areas that you don't want to be in when when something goes down. But it's but it's also a nature of the location and and policing in. in in, in general, I mean, they they have things to worry about, and in a in a place like DC, they they want to make sure that, that they're protecting themselves and that they're mm-hmm. keeping the the public safe at the same time. So right, right, it's, it's a necessary evil, I, I guess. In 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 most cases down there, and like I said, it's a controversial topic. It's yep. good to see that not every department all around the country is, has gone that way, but again, your a lot of your big cities are that's where they're going. Right, well, with, with the sensitive areas, exactly. But fire, right? That looks uh, like it's pretty uh, much fire, and 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 EMS services are 
uh, are pretty wide open. They have some encrypted talk groups as well. And you kind of hear them when they usually don't start on that, on, mm -hmm. on something like that. There'll be a dispatch. They'll go to a regular TAC channel or operations channel. And, you know, there are sometimes they'll end up with a sensitive situation that, you know, and then they'll, they'll also go to encrypted talk groups if, but that's very situational and right. you know, the kind of thing where things like what they're doing being broadcast over there could be detrimental to public safety or the safety of, of the first responders. So I, I just, I don't have any good examples, but I've heard them make that switch over to encrypted talk group before. Mm -hmm. And usually it's, you know, some kind of bomb scare or something like that. Right. Where, you know, they kind of need to operate in, in a more secure communications environment. So it's not like they're going into a federal building and they jump over to an encrypted talk group. It's more just as a just general blanket. Like if it's a, yeah, a it's general. More, it's more the type of incident. Type of uh, incident. Okay. Location, uh, and again, looking at them too, there's plenty of incident channels that are that are on the. Yeah, most of them are in the. Trunk system that, that are not encrypted, right? And even EMS too, right? Most of EMS is. Yeah is some fire dis EMS dispatches is in the clear. So yeah, so you can't get PD, but sounds like 50% of fire you're going to get as long as it's not. Yeah, probably probably more than 50%. Probably more than 50%. I, I, I would Excellent. Just, you know, just just based on my my listening over, over, over time. And of course, EMS, and, and they kind of have a little bit of a two-tiered EMS system, kind of the okay. city system, and then their AMR, their the ambulance contractors, I guess, usually see the EMR do a lot of the BLS type transport, basic life support type transport, because they're very, they're very busy, busy EMS. And for, I mean, I mean, probably not like New York City, just due to scale, but mm -hmm. uh, it's still a pretty busy system, especially if you're coming from more of a county type system. So Right, right. And, and again, so far, right, the police, fire, EMS, this is all on the the trunk system, right? The, yeah, the, the yeah. Washington D.C. or District of Columbia trunk system, kind of right? Well, kind with of the a simulcast site, so <laughs> the single simulcast site. Yep. And there are other things on there. I mean, you'll hear the, the taxi enforcement and streetcars and lots of the city general services, utilities, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. The parking guys are encrypted. Um, the meter maids, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny story. When I was the first place I pulled up to near the the Capitol to do some some scanning, I, I I found myself a parking spot. It seemed good, and the the parking enforcement tow truck shows up about three minutes later. I, I lean out the window. I can't park here, can I? He's like, nope. So I found I found another little spot to to hang out for a little while. <laughs> but yeah, it's, business, yeah, yeah, and it's a good thing I. Yeah, I didn't get out and take a look at that point. <laughs> now, as far as having a scanner in Washington, D.C., I mean, obviously, you're not going to want to bring attention to yourself while you have it out there. But, I mean, having it in the vehicle with you or driving through, I mean, are you aware of anything that would prevent you from being able you to know, do that? You know, I guess my only suggestion is, is that as a tourist, you, you are likely to go into buildings that do have mm -hmm. security it's it's very common for families to have like FRS radios, that sort of thing. I wouldn't draw attention to it, but you might get asked. Even as a, going into federal buildings with the with the badge that's not supposed to be here, I've been asked before, like, "What is this?" It's like, "Oh, I just listen to that on the train on the way there." And but yeah, so there are times when you know you 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 might have to put your bag through the metal detector, and you know what it looks like. It's got a bunch of battery cells in it, so that you know really they just want to know that it's not something that's going to hurt anybody. Most people don't 
you know, aren't going to care what, it, you know, that it's a scanner or, or even say, oh, that's just my radio. And that's usually all you have to say, but it could create a situation like I've never taken it. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been to the White House, but I wouldn't take it like there. I did have it on me when I went to the, the Capitol when George Bush passed away and, and they had the, the viewing there in, in the Capitol. And I did have it with me that time. And it wasn't it wasn't a problem there, but they were just trying to get so many people through there. And you probably could have had all sorts of things. If it wasn't gonna gonna stab somebody or explode, they were they were gonna let that pass just because they were in a hurry to get you through. Gotcha. Not not that they were advocating yeah. <laughs> trying that, but it it sounds pretty much like if if you do have one, it's it's not gonna be the end of the world if you happen to bring it in. I mean, worst case is somebody's gonna ask you what this is and yeah. they'll let you on your way. You probably need to turn it on and just say, look, this is what it does, or something like that. Or yeah. but it sounds like you had it right. You took the train in, it was with you to listen to on the way in, and then you're here for work or you're here to visit, and then you would listen to it back when you when you're done being a tourist. But interesting too, you bring up that a lot of families in the area use FRS. So that's even something extra to listen to, right? When you, when you put those banks on and, and listen to that, just to kind of give yourself something to listen to that's a little bit different than fire or EMS or you know, the cleaning crew at whatever building you're in for the day or something like that, or the yeah. hotel. So or I'll, I'll, I always keep a bank of RST, MRS, mm-hmm. MRS uh, frequencies, just ready to go. Just hit a button and it's going to come on. Yep. Bank, a scan list, depending on the scanner and what they call it, favorites list with, uh, with FRS in there uh, and kind of all those common standard frequencies. Right. Um, do you find a lot of stuff on there you don't expect to find? Yeah, you, you do. You know, some people are running their whole business operation yes, <laughs> on an FRS yes, radio yes. and then is looking for a lost kid and some things that you know, maybe uh, you shouldn't hear that might not be above board. But, uh, right, right. And, and that kind of takes me. So conventional walkie-talkies, yeah, I mean, you got security guards, you know, DC's got a lot of private security. A lot of the federal buildings are really guarded by private security. Obviously not, not the, the big deals, but the more minor agencies and buildings, a lot of private security. And one trick that you'll find with the DC is a lot of these security guards, their, their main office, they're on these kind of these email lists that where the DC, uh, you know, emergency management office will send out an email blast say, hey, something's going on at Third Street Northwest and Constitution, avoid the area. And they'll kind of know that before everybody else. And then their 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 main their main office for the security gets it and especially if you're in in that area you'll you know they'll they'll you'll be able to hear them kind of call that out to on the radio to their guards and whether it's like a protest or some kind of police activity sometimes that's all they'll say it's just police activity location and the streets are going to be closed or something like that but and, that's enough though right that's enough yeah, to that's, let you know that there's something yeah. going on there right right and sometimes it's a little more information that maybe they wanted to get out on the air but it pays to Again, I know in uh, Whistler, it's that, that, that 177 scan list there, but it's, they're labeled security in um, mm-hmm. radio reference. You know, so it's a, it's a little kind of a backdoor to maybe get a little bit of information on police activity. Maybe not, again, all the details, but kind of a little bit of what and, and a little bit of where and right. help your own, your own situational awareness. Is, it this, is there a protest coming down the street and I, I want to get my family away? Is it something I want to gawk at? I mean, right. it's, uh, there, there are all kinds of uh, scanner listeners out there. Some of us really want to see what's going on. As long as we're staying out of our way, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But again, and on the other hand, if you're, if you're there with the family and you, know, you don't want them in certain situations, it's a good, good way to avoid things.
chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scannermaster, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, and MURS, and 2A radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as backup issues too. To download your free sample issue or subscribe, visit natcommag.com. So the news media, they kind of have all their back channel frequencies. You're probably mm-hmm. familiar with this in the New York area as well, but they have a lot of back channel frequencies back to their, there's a lot more to get said between the on-scene reporter and the producer back at the, back at the station then then can go out on the air and then again some of that stuff is it can be unconfirmed stuff and like oh well we're still waiting on the the, con- the confirmation on that but if they're talking about it there's got to be some ground truth because they're there mm-hmm. and so that's uh, some news people and you'll, you'll get a preview of what's coming up on this six o'clock news or some information on what what to avoid so um, exactly and yeah. again looking here on on the media channels you got the fire buffs or at least you've got that to listen to if you don't want to listen to all the fire activity yeah. on there but you're right you've got you've got news desks you have the ifb links you've got engineering which is always good to listen to the helicopters msnbc ifb is in there as well oh, you, you mentioned so, the helicopters there are a lot of helicopters in dc you cannot go an hour without picking something up on 
on the main helicopter frequency, air-to-air helicopter, 123.025, I think it is. I'm almost certain that's what it is. Don't 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 have the scanner in front of me right now. I feel like I need to get those distractions away <laughs> uh, for the podcast. But there's a lot of helicopter traffic around DC. Funny, it's very restricted airspace, right? A lot of helicopter traffic. You know, they're, they're they they have their ways. Right. Um, there's this weird little helicopter corridor that they that they kind of stick to, but it can put them in close quarters. So they 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 like to talk to each other so that they don't have any problems. Reagan National Airport, of course technically on the Virginia side of the river, but where along the National Mall, if you're familiar with DC, you got the National Mall, the big strip of green from the Capitol building. It goes on past the White House and you got the Washington Monument in the middle and you got the Smithsonian, big Smithsonian buildings, the flank on either side and then through the World War II Memorial and then the Lincoln Memorial. So that's the National Mall right there. And from anywhere on there, you can see the planes taking off and or landing at the Reagan National Airport just across the river. So if you like Plane monitoring, mm-hmm. uh, the frequencies in front of me, but they're easy to find, of course, all the all the airports are. And it's during the day, it's a very busy airport. DC is the, the center of, of government for the USA. So people right. are always coming and going, whether it's tourists, whether it's foreign dignitaries, right. whether it's like congressmen and their staffs and business people coming in, lobbyists, lots of, lots of planes going in and out of DC. It's actually funny you, you bring that up too, because as I'm panning through here, right? I mean, it, there's a lot of categories that are sitting here under the entries for the for DC area. And you bring up the dignitaries and the airplanes and everything else. And as we're recording this right now, it's UN week in New oh, York City. So we had a little bit of a situation that happened right above me yesterday where somebody decided to take their Cessna and violate the 20 mile an hour no fly zone outside yeah. of New York City because Biden was in and, and all the dignitaries are in. So all of a sudden we hear the skies rumble and F-15s go overhead basically. And we don't hear that out here. And it's been pretty much all day yesterday since that person got their personal escort back to the airport. We've had them flying overhead through like last night, 11 o'clock or, or nine o'clock rather. And then this morning it started up around 7 a.m. We can hear the, the skies rumbling. And of course it makes you go, okay, well, what who else is coming in? Why do we still hear this? What what else is going on? And of course, you get caught with, oh yeah, I've got those frequencies, but where did I store them? Where are they saved? When's the last time I use that scan list? And now you start rebuilding everything, right? But combat air patrols are not uncommon around DC. I was um, looking at that. Yep. And a lot of the and, frequencies that you yeah. have down there, I'm listening to up here because they're not just a DC. Yeah, kind of an East Coast thing. Yes. There's a really there's a every year they start a new thread in. I think it's the Maryland. Oh, it's a great thread. I was just forum, on there. The Mid Atlantic, yep. the Mill Air thread. Yep. Um, yep. Anywhere on the East Coast, really. You, you know, by this time of year, it's a really long thread, and it's a little bit can get three hundred something pages. I think it was by the time <laughs> I looked at it today. But it's you can get a lot of valuable information about who's where and when. Yes. So having a scan list with some of that in there, bank or or, or whatever, again, it's got to be able to get those UHF military frequencies. Most of your newer scanners are going to have that, though, so that's good. Ran into that oh. issue with my dad today too, because I said, "Hey, put on two. Uh, was it two fifty nine nine? And you yeah. can hear the the combat air patrol air to air, and then two sixty dot nine. Right? Listen, listen to the Huntress. And I said, "What radio do you have?" He goes, "Oh, I got a two forty six. I said, "Wait a second, that's yeah. all you're using right now?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh, well, I guess I owe you. A, I bought. A, I got to buy you a better scanner." 
So he wasn't able to listen to what was going on overhead, but I was listening to it and it was nonstop and just the air to air traffic, just them kind of burning time and, and talking about not, not really nonsense, but just some conversation to pass the time while they're just doing their banks is, yeah, they, is interesting they, here. They do. And I mean, they have to, they can't really lose focus mm-hmm. up there. They're, you know, they're, they're flying a very advanced aircraft. And you also hear a lot when they, when they refuel, midair refuel. So a lot of times the tanker's on its own frequency. They'll switch to that frequency for refueling. Right. And, um, and we were able to watch the tanker on ADSB yeah, exchange. ADSB, yep. making that oval, right? Yeah, it was, it was doing the circles. And then all of a sudden, it looks like it's doing a race course. It's really long, long ovals. It's like, okay, he's refueling now. Or was refueling then? We looked at the trails. But again, going back to the dignitaries and, and the airports and just watching, right? You hear the, the fighters go overhead and it's like, okay, are they just passing by or is there something going on? And then you look at ADSB exchange, you look at the military flights, and it's okay, there's a there's a plane landing from Colombia. There's another one from Poland. There's another one from Spain. And it's like, okay, well, now these are all these people who are either coming in or, or leaving today. We don't get a lot of that military stuff overhead. Yeah. This is kind of like it's, 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 it's an air show and it's DC, this. But yeah. yeah, for you guys down in DC, it's a little the bit ADSB of a different world down there. Is definitely your friend yes. when it comes to the, the DC area because a lot of stuff shows up on there that doesn't show up anywhere else. I think you were talking about that a little bit with your podcast, podcast guests very recently. And whereas the flight aware and the flight radar 24, they're mm-hmm. great. They're great resources, but the ADSB exchange is the kind of where the stuff that they might not want you to see is going to show up. Right. Um, and of course, even better than that is to have your own ADSB receiver. I will, I will be hopefully my new place here in, in the middle of West Virginia. We don't have good coverage on the ADSB exchange here. Okay. Uh, so I want to get dedicated an SDR to that purpose. So we got a lot of feed lines to run, a lot of lot of radio stuff to set up, but got to do all the home home settling and stuff first. Yes, so. yes, I understand that completely. But uh, it is pretty easy. I, I have my setup feeder here set up to do. Pioware is the base, right? The baseline for that. That's the whole setup. Then on top of that, it's the Flight Radar 24, which was just a couple of Linux commands just to get that loaded and installed in there. Very simple to do. And then it was ADSB Exchange, which is nice because now you you lose the ads, so you have a nice little ad free experience just by sending them the data. And then there is the again, I keep forgetting the name of the other one. It's, it's Flight Radar, I think it was the other one that was, again was easy setup and it just Linux commands on top of Pioware that yeah. just opens that up and gets you there. Kind of data stream. Off it's of all the same, yeah. It's all from the 1080 tar yeah. or 1090 tar. So yeah, so. Let's see. I mean, so you also got Civil Air Patrol over there too. Again, yeah, if you look at aviation, um, but yes, yeah, Civil Air Patrol, where I used to live, Civil Air Patrols are pretty active. Um, uh, had a composite squadron, pretty well funded, and a lot of great volunteers, and they 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 were very active as well. And just kind of understanding DC, well, we said DC is kind of a small city. There there are a lot of uh, surrounding jurisdictions that uh, that you might want to consider. And so on the Virginia side. The places that used to be DC before the Civil War. So you got uh, Alexandria, Virginia, and if you're listening, then just you could just pull open a map and you can see all these places: Alexandria, Virginia, and Arlington, Virginia. Most people know Arlington National Cemetery. Right. Technically, the Pentagon is in Virginia, not DC. So they all they're all P25 systems. I think they're all simulcast. Most of them are simul. Yeah, they're all simulcast. And then Fairfax County, Virginia, kind of surrounds that. So uh, that kind of makes up 
the the west or western or border of DC along the Potomac River. And in Maryland, you have two fairly populous counties, Montgomery County, Maryland, and Prince George's County, Maryland. And the Prince George's County, if you're in and around DC, their north site, because they have two sites in there, they're both simultaneous, okay. but their north site is the one that you're going to want to have in there for if you're, again, just around the area, going around DC. So that's good to know, right? That's something you've got to be in the area to know, and yeah. you can't really figure out just from looking at a database, yeah. right? Most of their talk groups on on both the Virginia and the Maryland systems I just mentioned were, are, are are in the clear. They do have their secure talk groups that they'll go to for certain types of communications that they need to do. But most of them are in the clear. And it's, of course, I mean, if you've been scanning long enough, you know that so much of what goes on is just routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's... It's rare that that there's a lot of excitement, but when it happens, it happens, and and you got to be ready for it, right? Interestingly enough, DC has kind of a, an organization that includes all the counties and jurisdictions around DC, and they they've created a system of numbers to kind of keep everything straight, so to avoid the confusion with mutual aids and that sort of stuff. So they have a numbering plan. So a lot of those ones that I just mentioned, like DC is zero although they don't actually say the zero. Arlington is, everything's going to start with a one, right? Their, their radio channels are going to start with a one. Their unit numbers are going to start with a one. Alexandria is two. Fairfax County is four. Three is what they call the MWA or the Metro Washington Airports Authority. That's basically Dulles Airport, Reagan Airport. So that's number three. I don't remember them all. Uh, seven is Montgomery County, Maryland, and, and eight okay. is Prince George's County, Maryland. Again, like their unit numbers will start with a seven. So, um, you know, okay, say, I see that. Uh, group I, seven Alpha One is going to be Montgomery County. Right. I uh, see that in Montgomery. Bring it up. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't see that in Prince George's. Weird. I didn't say it in Prince George's. But uh, um, yeah, Fire EMS is seven A seven, seven A eleven, seven B seven. So that that starts with seven. If I go to again Prince George's, they did not label it yeah, the same their, way. Eight, eight, yeah. Let me look um, at the trunk system here. Special. Oh, there it is. Unit numbers start with eight. Yeah. It is okay. Descript- so it's in the trunk system okay. side. It's 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 eight B ten, eight A thirteen. Okay. So, so that that's what all that is for. Yeah. Very interesting. And again, if you have if it's engine four hundred one, that's a Fairfax County okay. fire engine. A truck seven hundred six. That's a Montgomery County truck. So and then, I think they put that in after nine eleven because think about the amount of mutual aid that came. To, to the area in on 9-11 and keeping all that straight had to be a nightmare for mm-hmm. battalion chief and uh, so it, it just it's when you first think about it it seems like it's more complicated but if you're on the ground and you need to understand have situational awareness very quick quick what radio channel they need to be on or what unit is this you just um, right right uh, so but as a casual observer that, that can you know just a quick preview a radio reference and you kind of already have some of that that figured out right mm-hmm. and i think that's the theme of what i'm saying is that you, you should do a little planning if you're going to come to dc especially as a tourist or maybe it's a work trip and you want to scan after work or during work depending on how demanding or what you're doing is just you want to do some planning ahead of time of what to have program into we talked about it some some of it here Again, radio reference is your friend. If you see a lot of giant, gigantic E's in there, don't even put that in there. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the planning is your friend. If you know your hotel is going to be in Montgomery County, but your work is in Washington, D.C., plan for that, that Montgomery County system as well. One of the ones I was having trouble verifying is the Washington Metro system. 
Okay. Uh, there's there's subways and buses, often abbreviated WMATA, Washington Metropolitan Transit Authority, or Washington Area Metropolitan Transit Authority. Right now, they have two systems. I think they're in between systems, and they're trying to migrate to one. Is that what they're doing? Trouble. Yeah, I was trying. I think they're going from like a Motorola system to a P25, and I wasn't picking up a whole lot in my tests, so I really didn't want to kind of highlight on that because I didn't want to. Maybe someone's listening, even not too far from now, and 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 everything I say I say could be wrong, but. Do check that those that out. Could happen. <laughs> that could happen anytime. Yeah. yeah. Do check those out in the radio reference. And, and uh, if you're doing a lot of bus traveling or, or, or traveling on this, the subway system, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and, and, and I would separate them off from everything because, again, that stuff can get pretty routine. But if you're on a subway, put those in there while you're on the subway. And, uh, right, right. You, you know, it's yeah. interesting you bring that up, though, because I, was, I wasn't really looking at it before, but I am now. So the, the Metropolitan Area Transit Authority, right? You've got a couple of conventional channels, analog, right? Right where you'd think you'd find them. 161, right? One C, right? Right in, right in the middle of the, of the railway band. And uh, operation nets, right? The different lines, maintenance, paging yards, th- that kind of stuff, right? Routine stuff on, on those eight frequencies they've got there. But right now, as we're recording this, and until further notice, right? They have this P16 system they call it, which is, again, the APCO 16 or the old Motorola Type 2 smart net system. And you have some digital on there. So you would need a P25 capable scanner to hear some of the stuff that's on there is like the MTPD and the tactical channels and the police dispatch that has part-time encryption on there. But what's really interesting to see on here is not only do you still have the operations channel, the train operators and stuff like that, but it's T-band, which is not something we typically talk about, but the frequencies that are in use here are 489, which is an odd frequency for anybody who is not familiar with T-band and your frequencies in your neck of the woods and at 470. So that adds another bit of a wrench in the gears, so to speak, because now not only do you have to have a scanner that's going to be able to handle T-band, which most scanners that support P25 are going to handle T-band. But if I'm not mistaken here, and I I think it's because it's been a, a while since I've done this, you would also need to put in the the band plan for this system because it is UHF, right? It's been a long, long time since I've done a UHF setup on Motorola Type Two. Yeah. But that'd be, uh, one to, that'd be a nice one to, to do a deep dive into and 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 yeah, how do you program a scanner for because because uh, I know metro system. Yeah, I, I know for P twenty five it would it would broadcast all that information out and the scan would read that. Yeah, they're, but, they're trying um, to, I know they're trying to move off of the T-band, and, and but they've been trying to do that for 15 years, it seems like. At least. Well, there was also this thing, too. They were trying to get everybody off of T-band, and I think the federal government decided that if they can't do it. It's too much of a task, especially in areas where I am. You know, New York City, you got Chicago, you got other major cities that have T-band frequencies because the real estate's just not there. So, and not everybody's on board to go trunking. It's all supposed to happen before the latest TV repack because yeah, now right. they only go up to channel 36. And I also do my TV over the air. Okay. I got a nice wine guard antenna here in the middle of West Virginia. And I only got one way it has to point because that's the only transmitters, but it gets all the major, major networks. And one of them's uh, VHF low, which is getting pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Um, works a little better in the mountains out here than say it does in the, in the city. And then some of the UHF is not, the mountains aren't too friendly to UHF, but the, that VHF low seems to to do just a little better right. uh, in the mountains. So, but you got to make sure a lot of the antennas out there that are marketed today for 
your television that's a whole nother topic right right right, a a lot of the antennas don't include elements for vhf load so you gotta you know again but it's all radio right goes back to the very first thing that we talked about radio is fascinating to me Mm -hmm. Um, even though i mean i'm gonna stream a a nfl game on amazon tonight in about an hour right not even yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, and I just do that because I can. And they got this feature where they have like the stats that all come up and it's, it's pretty neat, but you know, I still like the old way of doing it just with radio. So, right. uh, And that, that, that takes us full circle of the whole conversation. I I think so. I think, yeah, I think uh, we have Washington Metro on the T band and oh yeah, I I like to pick up my TV on, (laughs) on, on the air as well. So, and the, the quality of signal you get on over the air television is usually better than what you're going to get on cable or satellite. It's yes. Yeah. It's not compressed. Like you would get on, 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 yep. I've noticed that it's like, I thought my TV was okay. And then I hooked up over the air and it's like, wait a second. Yeah. Even when you, before cable here decided to require a card for everything, the fee they were giving you, if you just plug the coax line into the back of your TV and ran it through that way, looked so much better. Than if you ran it through the cable box. Yeah, the cable box. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I, again, I enjoy all things radio. I think I put a picture of my ham shack on the Discord where what my ham shack is going to be. Uh-huh. But once it gets all wired up, you know, I have a couple of HF rigs, a couple of VHF, UHF rigs, packet nodes, that sort of stuff. And and I think my only scanner in the shack or here in West Virginia, I think that the only one that's going to be is the Unication G5. Okay. Everything else is going to be probably in the workshop where I'll, I'll do other things. And if I want to stay up late, listening to you know, conventional frequencies or finding the secrets and the searches, I'll either be doing that in the workshop or via SDR uh, remotely through the computer. So nice. I mean, I've got the, the, the TRX one and the SDS 200 and I love those scanners, but for just in your one County, listening to one County's set of talk groups of what's going on locally to me and, and situational awareness right around here. Unication G5 is, it's perfect. And when I get up to go to the store, I just grab it, stick it on my belt. As long as I'm not leaving the county, I don't, I don't even worry about touching the knobs. It's, it's, it's great. So. Right. Right. That's perfect. I mean, every, it's, it's like every, every radio has a purpose in, in your setup, right? Every, everything is, is we, we talked about with Jim a couple of weeks ago and it's, it's the same deal, right? It's, you have all these radios, but you fine tune them to get them to work either within their boundaries or within boundaries you, you set for them. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like one of my VHF radios is just for talking on. The other one is for packet. One of my HF radios is just for CW and the other one's for my voice in digital mode. So okay. nice. That's, uh, that's the way I kind of had it set up in the old place out here. I have more room for antennas. So it's going to, yeah, it's going to be even better. I might even be able to run, you know, a VHF and HF at the same time. So Very before nice. when the antennas were in my attic, it was the HF would, would get into that VHF and make it not the most pleasant experience. But yep. I got the same problem here with the, yeah. the, the two meter antennas too close to the scanner antenna. And it just completely wipes out the scanner. So it's like, I, I can't really do that from here. So, but I hear you. So is there anything else you want to bring up of today before we wrap up about DC scanning? Again, just, just kind of the reiterate that there's a lot you can't listen to, but there's a lot that you can. And mm-hmm. the key to not getting frustrated or, or having a disappointing experience is a little bit of planning, a little bit of planning ahead so that you're, you're not loading up too much, too many systems or too many conventional frequencies that 
aren't going to be that that good anyway, uh, as far as the, the amount of stuff that's on them. Plan ahead and be ready to make some adjustments on the fly. Don't totally ignore all these other things. Just make sure that you can turn them on and off at, at, at will. So Sounds good. And all again, right. don't be afraid to evolve too, right? Because again, yeah. you, you may show up this time and this is the way it is. You show up a year later and it's they're not there anymore. So, yeah. like, but that's your plan ahead, right? And that was that was the disappointment to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one sure. day they were on VHF FM Narrow and you know. Yep. And then the next day they turned that transmitter off and you weren't did the same thing anymore. here. Yep. <laughs> we were on UHF and also on the P25 trunk system. And we knew when the when when the fuse blew, that was the end of it. They they, they were just gonna turn it off and no more. So that, that's what ends up happening. But we can always hope. That, that some departments take notice of what other departments are doing and maybe they, they turn off the encryption or they set something up so that you know what's going on or they set up an official feed that's delayed by a couple hours. I mean, there's yeah, a delay by a couple hours is good for yeah. you know, casual. It's not good for avoiding it when you're in the car. Right, a casual hobby I've listener. Right. On, a, on, a, on the exit before because I've heard of uh, an accident ahead of me. I mean, I, I know you can't do that in 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 the whole country, but in most, a lot of places you can have the scanner in the car. And if you hear of an accident, it's like, get off this exit, not um, do it now before you get stuck in that traffic. Yeah. But again, going back on to other ways of figuring out what's going on around you without actually being able to hear the police department and know about the accidents. Well, maybe you do like you were saying before, amateur radio or CB or something like that. Yep. The media or traffic copters, at least you'll know through other means that there's something going on. Yeah. in front of you on, on the road. So right. very good, Joe. Well, again, thank you very much for booking today's uh, conversation. I, I really enjoyed it. I think we learned a little bit of how Washington, D.C. operates and works, at least for the time being, until something different comes around. But that's yeah. that's the nature of the beast and, and the nature of uh, scanning and being part of the hobby. So again, I want to thank you very much from myself and everybody else who's listening today for being a guest on the podcast. All right. Thank you. Hey, Joe, I want to thank you very much for being on the podcast and for sharing with us how to scan down in the Washington, D.C. area. For anybody else who'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can do so by clicking on the podcast link on our website and by going down to be a guest. This will take you to a calendar invite where you can go ahead and book a session with us. Now, again, we're playing around the video format, so we may be able to improve things going forward as far as how the video quality looks on some of these video podcasts. Again, we're evolving onto YouTube right now. So again, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe and we will catch you next week. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altrack, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Ross, Bob Milton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pasco, David C., David Kusneski, Danny Crotter, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Barry, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeo, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, Joe P., John Cordoff, John Keel, John Sheldon, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Rich Palomari, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Wright, Tim Mazza, TJ, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.